Ramble. Bada bing, bada boom. This might be the world's strangest Walgreens. No, this is not an ad for CVS, okay? This is a real story that takes place in Walgreens. Now, when you walk into this specific location in Chicago, Illinois, you're not going to think it's strange. You're not going to think it's bizarre. I mean, it's got the regular stuff that all Walgreens has. It's got some cosmetics. In the middle, it's got aisles of overpriced household items. You've got a pharmacy in the back. What's so strange about this one? But when you peel a layer off and you really get to look inside the employees lives you start realizing some dark shit is happening so the lady for example she's working the cosmetics department and she might seem nice she might seem helpful but she was actually really stressed her ex had taken pictures of her where a dog a german shepherd was performing sexual activities on her and he refused to give them back I mean, what is, she, what is he planning on doing okay. with these pictures? You know, is he going to spread them around? Is he going to tell her boss? She's got a husband and she's got kids. What, what does she do now? Now they're even working together at this Walgreens location. The store manager of this Walgreens, at first glance, he seems like a completely normal guy. But, you know, behind closed doors, he had the most bizarre sexual behavior. Usually the bland part of his sex life were these threesomes. Sometimes it'd be two males and one female. Sometimes it'd be two females and one male sometimes it would include underage girls but a lot of the times it would include a big german shepherd there was another employee from first glance this you is know getting dark very she, fast man. she was known by her other colleagues for wearing these tiny little i wouldn't even call them mini skirts more like micro skirts to work with these super high heels but she also had a secret. She lied on her application. She said she was 18 years old, but in reality, she was only 16 years old working the cosmetics department. But not only that, she was also plotting the murder of three people. And she wanted it done before Christmas because it would be a little present to herself. Now, right. normally, when you walk into a Walgreens like this, you're not going to find out details like this because these stay secret. These are people's personal lives. I'm not involved, but all of their secrets are going to intertwine in a disastrous way. Three people are going to end up dead, and that's why we know all of these secrets. This is going to be one of the longest trials in Illinois history. Um, I think it's second to the John Wayne Gacy trial. It's that intense of a case. So we're just going to jump right into it. And it all starts with the Colombo family. So we've got Frank Colombo, who's the dad of the family. He's the head of the household and he was Italian. And then we've got Mary Colombo, the wife. Now, they had a nice marriage. I mean, there was nothing Frank wouldn't do for his wife. He wanted to keep her happy, but she also knew that his word was final. So it almost seems like they have this mutual understanding of he's wearing the pants. She knows exactly, you know, when to push him, when not to push him. And they just had this nice little balance. When they had their first kid, Patricia and Colombo, they thought she was an angel. They said that she was the most beautiful baby that they had ever seen. I mean, she had this curly hair. She had these big, dark eyes. Perfect everything. So Mary, she gives birth and she's like, wow, this is amazing. So after a couple of months, maybe I can hire a nanny and maybe I can go back to school. I really want to be a nurse. But after Patricia's born, Mr. Columbo is like, absolutely freaking not. I don't think so. You're going to be a stay-at-home mom. You're going to cook. You're going to clean. You're going to keep the house, you know, pristine. You're going to raise the baby. And she knew that there was no arguing. She's like, I'm not even going to try it. I feel like this is the final word. This is the last straw. He's not, I'm not going to push it. Now, Mr. Columbo was also known for having a wild temper. And he would show it at home in front of his whole family. But it wasn't in the sense of like an abusive dad. He never took it out on his wife. He never took it out on his kids. 
kids, but he would be angry at home because of work stuff. Maybe it was a baseball game, but he was never really that um, like wild tempered with his own children. Does that make sense? Yeah. So like he'd be screaming profanity but at the TV. Still creating a lot of tension. tension. At home, no? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at least you know, unlike a lot of situations, he wasn't taking it out on the kids. He wasn't hurting the kids. When it came to the kids and they were doing things that he didn't like, mm-hmm. if this was work, he would have blown off already. Like he would have threatened to punch someone. But yeah. at home, he was so patient. He was like, "That's okay. That's okay, Patricia. We can try again tomorrow." Okay. Right now, the apartment that they lived in at first, there were not a lot of kids, and it was not high on mary's agenda to let patty hang out with other kids so patty pretty much her life was filled with adults from the get-go i mean her godparents are full-grown adults her family friends are full-grown adults her parents are adults she didn't really have any kids in her life even before she went to kindergarten and she didn't seem to mind it i mean she loved getting all of the love all of the attention all of the candy there's no other kid to really compete with if she does anything small all of these other adults who have no kids they're like wow this kid's a genius because they don't really know you know the baseline for how children grow they're like she can already talk this is insane and so she loved that attention now uncle gus was by far her parents favorite babysitter because he owned a red candy bus oh no Uh uh-oh yeah if you guys didn't watch the um, bus it's like an ice cream truck but a candy truck Uh. but like a bus and he always smelled like Hershey's bars. So obviously, little Patricia is like, that's my favorite uncle because he's always giving me candy. Like, he's always got candy. The other uncles are like, oh, I, I got to go to the store. Sorry, kiddo. I don't have anything on me. But Uncle Gus always has candy. So she starts going on these routes with him anytime that he would babysit. And she would eat candy all day. She would interact with all these other kids, finally, for once, who are buying this candy off of his truck. And that was mainly her only interaction with kids for a really long time. And she, like I said, always played alone until another little girl came around. Now, Patty was thrilled. Patricia was over the moon. Finally, she has a friend. Her name is Paula, but her parents were not happy. Patricia's parents were not happy about this new friend because Paula's family was interesting. The dad was an alcoholic and the mom never looked clean. So Paula, in return, looked like she was barely washed. She had fingernails filled with dirt. Patty wasn't even in kindergarten when they start hanging out, Patty's right? Patty's Patricia, right? Yeah, Patty's Patricia. And she seemed to be picking up on a lot. So her mom was always whispering. Patty's mom is always whispering to her friends about Paula, saying, you don't think my daughter, Pat- Patricia, is going to catch something from her, right? You think, you think the kid's got lice or something? I swear to God, you could play vegetables in her ears they're so dirty oh my god yeah and so patricia starts you know getting slick with it she starts picking up this and she's like well if i can't hang out with paula i'm really gonna have no friends so every time paula would come over she would say paula today we're gonna do nail salon role play we're gonna have a little nail salon i'm the nail lady and i'm gonna do your nails so she'd be scrubbing the little dart underneath the fingernails but in like a natural way of like paula i'm not calling you dirty I'm not saying you've got dirt under your nails. I'm just a nail salon, you know, artist. That's what I'm doing. But who's Paula? Is it a neighborhood friend? Yeah, just a neighborhood friend. And, uh, you know, when Paula would come over, she'd say, hey, before we ask my mom for cookies, we should just wash our face. Mm. Paula would be like, what? She'd be like, I just love washing my face like every hour or so. 
And she'd be like, come on. And she'd drag her into the bathroom and they'd start washing their face. A lot of people said that's kind of cool for, you know, not even being in kindergarten. She's picking up on these adult social cues, doing yeah. something naturally to, you know, kind of hide away from it. Now, once Patricia gets to school, she was ahead of her class. Now, I wouldn't necessarily that she say that she's smart. Not by a long shot. I would not even say that she has a high IQ or that she's, you know, very, very good at social skills. But because as a kid, she's always around adults instead of playing with other kids. She picked up on how to use she knew how to write things mm. a lot faster than these kids in kindergarten and she starts sitting next to the kids in class who are not doing well to help teach them and she would get mm. so frustrated patricia would come home from kindergarten and you would think that she came home from work she would slam her backpack down she'd be like i don't know what i'm gonna do with freddie sometimes he just won't even listen he just won't listen. And her parents are like, what is happening? You're a kindergartner. I don't understand. And they thought that this was perfect because Mary happened to be pregnant with a second child. So they're like, I mean, Patricia's already acting like the older sibling to all of these kindergartners. She's going to be the best older sibling to, you know, whoever we give birth to. And Patricia, she's stoked. She told everyone in the family, I can't wait to have a baby sister. Now, there was no confirmation that it was a girl in there. But mm-hmm. he was like, no, 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 it's going to be a baby sister because boys are dirty and they make a mess. So I'm going to have a baby sister and we're going to be clean together. And so the whole nine months of Mary's pregnancy, Patty's going around telling everyone who will listen, oh, I'm going to have a little sister. We're going to name her Susie. It's going to be amazing. Everyone on Uncle Gus's candy trips knew that she was about to have a little sister named Susie. You know, she'd be like, did you know I'm having a baby sister? Now, it came as a real shocker when she ended up having a little baby brother named Michael. And she was really pissed off about this because her dog's name was Michael. And she was like, why would you name? <laughs> why would they I do that? Know. So her dog's name was Mike. Uh-huh. And they named the son Michael. And they said Mike for short. And she's like, but why? That's my dog's name. <laughs> and she was incredibly triggered by this. Honestly, I don't know why they did that. <laughs> and she was so pissed huh. off that she went to class in front of everyone. And she told everyone, my little sister was born and her name is Susie. And she sat back down. It's almost like she felt like if I told my class this, maybe it'll become true. Maybe it's all a joke because she's in kindergarten. How is she supposed to know that this isn't a joke? Now, Mary Colombo finds out that Patricia is going around telling everybody, I have a little sister named Susie. Now, I don't know if it's the postpartum, but she was unusually pissed. Mary Colombo was so pissed off. She dragged Patricia to the side and said, you're a little freaking liar. Now, Mary Colombo told the teacher, you have to make my daughter stand up and admit to her lies in the middle of class. Okay. So Patricia gets up in the front of class and she calls herself a liar. Not only does she tell them the truth of, oh, I don't have a little baby sister. I actually have a baby brother named Michael, but I am a liar, which I mean, I get the truth part. Own up to it. That's like teaching them good lessons. But the liar part, I don't know if I would want my kid to go through that. I'd be like, just say, hey, I felt sad. So I said, but they were like, but I'm a liar. She she was forced to go up there and call herself a liar. And Patty, the whole time, she was so ashamed. Patricia goes home and she's like, mom, please don't tell dad. Like, I, I did this at school. I told everybody. I told all of my like kids that I'm in class with. But please don't tell dad. Don't tell anybody else. This was a super shameful moment for little Patricia. Now, the only person getting her through any of this was Uncle Gus. Because he would tell her, you know, it's fine. We should be happy that it's boy. You know, we... We don't even care it's a boy. 
We're glad it's a boy, right? Because if it was a girl, she would want to come on these candy trips with us, and she would eat more candy than you, and she would want more attention than you. And that's you don't want that. It's just us against the world, you and me, Patty, right? And she was thrilled, right? She's like, "Okay, fine, Uncle Gus, you're the best." So one day she comes home from school, and he's parked right in the driveway. So she's like, "What's going on? It's not the weekend." And he's like, "Well, your mom's at the hospital with Michael, so I'm supposed to babysit you. You're gonna come on my candy route. It's gonna be fun, right?" So they start on the route, and afterwards he parks in the woods. So she's like, "What's going on? Like, what are we doing in the woods? I gotta go home." And he's like, "Well, I thought maybe we could do something different today." I want to show you something. So he goes to the back, and in between, like the little、um, shelving of his candy, there's a little bit of like space where you can walk back and forth. It's a van, right? Yeah. And he had rolled out a rug, put a blanket over it, and he says, "Come lay down. Look at how cozy this setup is." They're、oh、in the middle of the woods, and he says, "Do you want to take a rest with me?" Now she was thinking. I mean, that's a little bit strange, but whatever. I'll take a rest with you. So she lays down with him, and her main concern, because she's like seven years old, is, "Do I have to go to sleep?" Because you know, seven-year-olds they hate sleeping. They're like, I don't want to go to sleep. What the heck? I'm, I'm on a sugar high. I'm like trying to run around. I don't want to go to sleep. And he's like, No, no, no. You don't have to go to sleep. And so they just laid there. And at the time, she had no idea what was happening. But we later know that Uncle Gus had started masturbating under the blanket. Like I said, at the time, she had no idea what he was doing. Didn't understand it. And so she asked, What are you doing? <laughs> And he said,、uh, "You know that thing that Michael has down there? Well, I've got one too." Now, Patty, she had a vague understanding. I mean, she's seen baby Michael naked. She's helped give baths. You know, she was fascinated. This is my little sibling, and she didn't really understand that it's a penis per se, right? But she's like, "Oh, it's just like a thing that some boys have. I don't have one, but boys have them." That's like how she kind of understood a penis. And so she's thinking, "Oh, okay, like that makes sense." She didn't even think there was anything sexual with that statement. She was like, "Okay, makes sense. Makes sense. Boys have it." And he kept asking her, "Do you have one?" She was like, "No, no way! Like you only know that boys have that. Why would I have that?"、Mm-hmm. And he said, "Well, sometimes little girls start growing them." And she's like, "No, like I don't have it." And he was like, "Well, I just need to make. I just need to make sure. I need to check." So Uncle Gus molests her, and afterwards he's just like, "Well, that was a nice rest." And they get back into the front. She again has no idea what this. She doesn't realize it's a sexual thing. She doesn't realize that he molested her. She just thought, "Oh, that was like different. I've never done that before. That was strange." But she didn't think, "Oh, I should probably tell my parents, right?" So she's in the car, and he keeps telling her on the way home, "Like, don't tell anyone. Don't tell anyone about our little candy route today. They might get mad at us." Why would they get mad at us, Uncle Gus? And he's like, "Well, everyone knows that you're my favorite little girl, right? And I'm your favorite uncle, isn't that right?" Yeah, and they'll be mad that we like each other so much. You know,、um, adults call it jealousy. So all these adults will be jealous that you like me more than them, and they'll be jealous that I like you more than I like Michael, and it'll just be like a whole thing. And even if you did tell them, they probably wouldn't believe you. So that part, she got confused, and Patricia was like, "What do you What do you mean? Why wouldn't they believe me? We were just resting."、Mm-hmm. And he said, "Well, they might think that you were lying again, like you lied at school about having a baby sister." 
Wow. And her face turned so red. She was embarrassed. I mean, she was so young, too young to realize that what happened to her was just so horribly disgusting and wrong. Her lying about having a baby sister at school was much more shameful, was much more embarrassing versus what Uncle Gus just did to her. Not saying that she should feel shame and embarrassed, but he should. Does that make sense? Yeah, like yeah. she was like, this is like, the oh, my God, you're right. This is the worst thing I've ever done. Right. So he reached over and told her. I'm the only one you can trust to keep a promise. I'll always believe you no matter what. Let's tell them nothing. Whatever we do in this candy truck is our little secret, okay? And so the sexual assaults only escalated. So he would force her to manually stimulate him. He would perform oral sex on her. He never raped her, but that doesn't really say anything. I mean... And it just kept going. Now, Patricia, as she gets older, she starts considering multiple times. Oh, should I tell somebody about this? Maybe. I mean, it's like this feeling of she knew something was weird in her heart. She felt like a heavy secret. Imagine being eight and you've got this ginormous secret that you can't tell anyone. Eight-year-olds can't keep a secret for their entire lives, right? Mm -hmm. So she's like, maybe, maybe I just tell an adult and they can confirm with me that this is completely normal. So that I can stop feeling so strange. But she thought, if I tell my dad, my dad, he's got a short temper. He's probably going to beat up Uncle Gus. I don't know why, but he probably would. That's just what he does. He gets mad at other adults and he beats them up. Things might get violent. But if I tell my mom, she's just going to say, oh, you just don't want to go on these candy routes. Shame on you for saying such an awful thing about your Uncle Gus. You know, my godfather, his name was uh, Phil Capone. These are really Italian names. I like it a lot. <laughs> like, they just sound really cool, okay? You know, he's he's not that buff. He's just like a big teddy bear. He's just like a big, likable Italian man. He's not a knight in shining armor. He's not going to save me from my other uncle, right? So she always backed out because she was afraid. She just, like, never told anyone. So she has a vague idea this is probably wrong. Yeah. Like, as time passes, not necessarily like, oh, this is like, um, you know, sexual assault. He's molesting me. But more in the sense of like, why can't I tell someone? It feels like heavy on mm -hmm. me. Okay. I just want to say something. Okay. And so by the time Patricia turns 10 years old, Frank and Mary Colombo, they decide it's time. We're going to buy a beautiful house in the suburbs. Business was doing really well at this point. They found a nice little community. They would finally have this grassy backyard for their kids to play in. There was local parks. Each kid would have their own room. I mean, it was going to be amazing. The main happiness that Patricia felt is that she wasn't going to see Uncle Gus anymore. Wow. So she was thrilled because this is like way out of town. This would this wouldn't make sense for him to babysit her. Being as young as she was, she just kind of put all of this sexual abuse away. She compartmentalized it. She forgot about it. And she actually wouldn't remember any of this until uh, much later. So she almost like forgot that it happened. She had like this very vague feeling about it. She just didn't want to think about it. And another problem started developing inside the Colombo house. Patricia had always been the princess of her dad's eyes. But now mm -hmm. Michael was the only son. And he's starting to talk. He's starting to walk. And he's getting a lot of attention. You know, the parents are like, this is my only son. There was some of, the, some of that only son syndrome happening. And she was upset. A lot of people said that Patricia was very affectionate with Michael. But at the same time, seemed kind of resentful and jealous. But is that a red flag? No, because they're kids. So they get through elementary school, middle school like this. And once they reach high school, I mean, the family was raising a couple of eyebrows. All of the neighbors said the Columbos, amazing people, amazing people. The parents are amazing. They've got beautiful kids. They're always courteous. Yeah, Frank Columbo has a little bit of a short temper, but he's just always a gracious person. That's what everyone thought about him. The only thing that was strange is that everyone around the house would just kind of walk around in their underpants. So Mr. Columbo and Michael would run around in their boxers. Now, boxers, they have 
have like that hole where if you like run around too much, I guess maybe something pops out. I don't know. Right. It's just a little bit weird. That's what people said. It's just a little bit strange. Patricia, she's like 15 years old and she would just lounge around in these nightgowns and she had started developing um, at a really young age. Uh So people would tell Mary Colombo, they would pull her aside and they'd be like, hey, mom to mom, isn't your daughter getting a little bit old? She's 15. Yeah. And so, you know, they, mom to mom, they'd be like, hey, Mary, isn't isn't Patricia getting a little bit too old to show off everything she's got like that? Like, you don't think it's a little bit weird when we come over and you guys are like, oh, let's just go get dressed. And the whole family like marches upstairs in their underpants to get dressed. Like, you don't think that's a little weird? And Mary told Frank, she was like, this is what my friend said today. And he was just pissed. He was like, that's disgusting. Too old. She's a kid, for Christ's sake. So for them, it was completely innocent. Like, there was nothing weird about it, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, he genuinely just saw Patricia Colombo, his daughter, as just a child, even at 15, which I'm sure a lot of dads can relate to. I feel like yeah, I'm 25 but, and my dad but thinks I feel I'm like a she's at an age that she probably... Is learning a lot just being around his her peers and friends, right? So I mean, starts off really innocent, right? So by the time that Patricia was fifteen or sixteen, Uncle Gus was completely out of her life. She had her very first relationship with a high school boy named Jack. Oh God, it was amazing. They went into the woods. He parked the car. They made out. Now the whole making out thing, she said it was underwhelming. He was not that good. She was so excited. She was so excited to make out with him, but overall, um, not a great performer the jack kid but most high school boys aren't and he cheated on her she saw him at the mall with another girl ultimate heartbreak okay this is this is life-shattering stuff so she's one month away from her 16th birthday she had broken up with her high school boyfriend he had cheated on her all of her other friends they've got boyfriends they go on double dates triple dates and what is she gonna do go alone no that's embarrassing so she goes to her guidance counselor and she says hey is there anything else i can do around school like because she always loved being proactive and part of the community is there something i can do So they tell her, well, we have this work program. You could earn credits by working under the school work program. You're poised. You're well-mannered. You're well-spoken. You know, you're very mature for your age. We have an opening at a local sandwich shop. It's the one, um, it's called Corky's. It's the one at the Walgreens, next to the Walgreens, at the Grove Shopping Center. Do you know which one I'm talking about? And she's like, oh, yeah, the little cute little sandwich shop. I love working there. So the schedule would be that after school, Monday through Friday, she would work at the sandwich shop for three hours after school. And then on Saturdays, she would work a full eight hour shift. And she really liked the experience meeting the customers. Her uniform was super cute. She had this red apron, made her dark eyes and her dark curly hair stand out. Her boss was like this chill older lady in her 40s. They got along well. Her parents were not happy about this job setup, but Michael was stoked. Her little brother was like, free sandwiches? Are you freaking kidding me? I'm going to come over every single day to get free sandwiches. So a couple weeks into this, this man walks into the sandwich shop and Patricia drops the tuna sandwich that she was working on because she was like, this is by far the hottest guy I've ever seen in my entire life. Oh my God, who is this man? I'm sorry, what? So this man had thick black hair he was he was you know conventionally handsome that's what people said he had these dark dark eyes that made him look almost mysterious and patricia was head over heels at first sight so she starts asking around she's like who's that who's that who's that guy and everyone's like oh that's the, that's the new manager at the walgreens next door uh, yeah i think he works in the pharmacy too uh, he just transferred here his name is frank deluca 
And she's like, oh. another Frank. Yeah, that's why I was saying Mr. Colombo the whole time, because oh. yeah, it's very interesting. Um, the two Franks are both Italian. They are both named Frank, and they're both around the same age. <laughs> so, oh, so he's same age as her dad. Yeah, as Frank Colombo is around the same age as Frank DeLuca, and so he walks in, and you know, she's like, wow, he's handsome, Frank DeLuca. And Patty was so thrilled by his last name because she was like, DeLuca, he's probably Italian. I'm half Italian. My last name's Colombo, which means we're probably going to bond over something. Like I can casually ask him for his name and casually drop the fact that I too am half Italian. And it'll just be like love at first sight. We'll just start dating immediately. And we'll go to Italy together. I don't know. She was just having these thoughts. So he starts coming in every single day for coffee. If he skips a break, if he happens to not come in for coffee, she would make an excuse to go to Walgreens. She would pretend to be shopping, maybe for a birthday card, maybe for some lipstick. And she would just snoop on him the whole time. And when I tell you it was obvious, she's 16. I did this when I was 16. I mean, not stock Walgreens managers, but like, you know, you like want to be in the area where the guy that you like is. And it's so obvious but you think that you're being slick and you're like oh no no i i always come to the gym <laughs> no i come here every day <laughs> what are you talking about <laughs> and so she starts snooping on him every single day at work she would just stare at his table she started coming with her hair completely done she would refresh her makeup prior to all of his break times and they finally started talking now he claimed to be 28 years old which was a lie. Frank DeLuca was a liar. He was actually 36 years old. And Patty lied and said that she was 18, but she was actually turning 16 in a month. Wow. So the next thing that she noticed while they're talking is that, well, of course, he's Italian. He works at Walgreens. He graduated from Purdue. He played football. He loves skydiving. What a macho man. But one thing was that on his left hand, he was missing a full index finger and the tip of his middle finger. Wow, okay. And she was like, what, ha what happened? Did something happen? Oh, I lost it in a skydiving incident. And she thought this was delightful. He was like, my parachute wouldn't open. I pulled the ring to open the safety chute and one of the cords, it just wrapped around my finger and the pressure of the parachute just took off my finger oh clean. Oh my God. She was like, what a man. You know, these high school kids, they like lose a pencil and they'll be crying. But this right here, this is a real man. He goes parachuting, okay? This is, that takes balls. She was like head over heels. I mean, this, uh, this was like uh, her moment. So Frank starts calling her Patrish and she loves that even more. She was like, oh my God, yes, I'm Patrish now. And he starts stopping by way more often than he has breaks. I mean, what is he getting paid to drink coffee at a Corky's? I don't know. She would stop at Walgreens. Eventually, it got to the point where they were interacting six to eight times a day, every single day. That is way too often. Even the sight of him talking to another girl made Patricia insanely jealous, even a customer. So one day she sees him walking an attractive, dark-haired woman to her car and kissing her on the cheek. So she's like, I'm going to confront him about it. Oh, that's not okay. So he sits down with his coffee and she's like, so I'm assuming the woman that you kissed goodbye, she's just another customer too? Like she's just uh, doing the most, right? Mm -hmm. And he says, no, she's a special customer. She gets even more pissed. She's like, oh, a special customer? So, okay. Well, how many special customers do you have? Why am I getting heated? Do you work at Walgreens, sir? <laughs> I'm like getting mad. She's like, well, how many special customers do you have? 
oh, it's just that one. Why is she so special? Because she's my little sister. And so suddenly Patricia was incredibly embarrassed because that is just she's like a movie plot. (laughs) Exactly. And, you know, she's trying so hard to act mature and, you know, say that she's jealous without saying that she's jealous. But it's coming off very childish. And he's like, oh, that's my freaking sister. So, of course, she's incredibly embarrassed. Whenever he came into the shop, she could be making a tuna sandwich. She would just throw it at another employee and just go and start wiping his table. Just casually starts talking to him just wanted to be around him talk to him after about a month of this he offers her a job at walgreens he says i'm looking for a part-time cosmetics employee why don't you come and work for me now i guess maybe maybe it was him maybe it was walgreens at the time but they didn't do any background checks i guess because he didn't even ask for her id she just filled out the application changed the year of her birth you know and was like yeah i'm 18 i feel like he already knew that she was underage and just let it slip because it just boggles my mind i don't think walgreens as a corporation would let this pass i mean just asking like if you're what grade are you in high school wouldn't i just give you an idea right I mean, yeah, but she lied that too. She said that she was a senior graduating. Okay. But I mean, I feel like he could probably tell. I feel like he wouldn't even care. Yeah. He probably just did it for like legal reasons. Like you're 18. Okay, cool. I don't really care. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to snoop even harder. But he didn't even ask for her ID. She was stressed about this. She was like, should I get a fake ID to show him? But he never asked for it. So immediately, Patricia's working at this Walgreens part-time cosmetics. And she is super serious about her new career. Not because she's thinking, this is a way to set myself up. I'm 16 and I got a job at Walgreens. Are you kidding? I could work my way up into corporate one day. No. Because she thought maybe one day... Frank will figure out her real age, but hopefully by then she's going to be too valuable of an employee that he can't fire her. She'll just be too much of an asset to Walgreens. (laughs) So she's like studying all the lipsticks, just doing all of that. And one day she's about to walk home and he says, hey, um, why don't I give you a ride home? So she's like, "Okay." gets into the car and he drives her to that same wooded area that her high school boyfriend, Jack, took her. And she was initially so disappointed because she thought this was a high school boy thing. I thought these older men in their late 20s, they would take me to, I don't know, a fancy place, a fancy apartment. But again, the woods, what the fork? And they had sex. I want to say he raped her because she's underage. But they had sex and this would happen multiple times throughout the next week or so. And then he decided, I don't really like having sex in my car. We need to do it somewhere else where there's a bed. So she's like, obviously not my place because I live with my parents, but your place. You're like, what? 28? Liar. 36. 28 years old. You must have your own apartment. Let's go there. And he's like, no, no, no. My sister lives with me and she's really old fashioned and she probably wouldn't like this. Why don't we go to a motel? So they start having sex at a motel together and the sex increasingly became very vulgar. So at first it was very romantic, um, quote unquote romantic. It's still assault. But um, at first it was more like love based. And then it became like he would say things like get on your hands and knees like a dog, which becomes very strange afterwards when we get more details about this German shepherd. And Patricia pretty much just did whatever and everything that Frank had asked. Now, for Frank, this is the perfect situation because, you know, in reality, he's 36 and he's thinking to himself. And this is why if you're underage, if you're in high school listening to this, you really have to be careful about people who like especially 
older people who tell you you're so mature for your age, right? So Frank, 36, he's meeting other 30-year-old women, 35-year-old women, and these women have experienced life and they know exactly what they want. They say, oh, these are my limits. This is what I'm comfortable with. This is what I like to do in bed, right? With Patricia, Frank felt like she was a blank canvas. She had no idea anything about sex. So anything that he said was normal, Patricia just takes it at face value. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, like everybody does this. Mm -hmm. Oh, this is what sex is. Mm -hmm. So this is like he's molding her sexually to do whatever he pleases, which he probably would have a difficult time doing with someone his age. Yeah. So he's having the time of his life. Disgusting. And Patricia starts wearing even shorter skirts, wearing even higher heels to even work, school, everywhere. Starts wearing these low-cut blouses. A lot of people were looking at her strange. This really alienated Patricia because a lot of the high school girls didn't want to be her friend. They're like, why do you dress like that? My parents would not be okay if I'm friends with you. Boys in high school, they were all over her, of course. But uh, she felt like they were too immature. So once Frank had all of the different variations of sex that he wanted with Patricia, he wanted more. So he started inviting men over to party with them and wanted Patricia to have sex with these strange men. Now, this is really problematic because these strange men had no idea that she was underage. They were told that she's 18 by Patricia, by Frank, and Frank would take pictures of all of this the entire time. Frank was known for like having boxes and boxes of Polaroids of oh all of his sexual God. escapades. And it was just really intense. Now, Patricia did not like this. She was down for everything else. She said, okay, like, okay to this, okay to that. I just want to make Frank happy. But for this, she just wanted it to be them. That's their relationship. Like, why can't it just be you and me? Just the two of us, right? And anytime she would bring this up, he would say, you just don't understand because you're not trying to understand. Oh, just grow up, Patricia. This is what adults do. So to a 16-year-old, I mean, when I was 16, if anyone told me stop acting like a kid, that was like the biggest slap in the face. Because when you're 16, you think you know life. You're like, no, I am an adult. Excuse you. Right? So she's just, okay, he's right. I got to go with this because I can't be a kid. I got to be mature. And then a new woman gets hired at Walgreens, the beauty counter. Now, let's call her Janice. Janice was the replacement for a woman who had just left. She had transferred from a different location and she was beautiful. I mean, she had this blonde hair. All of the guys in the store would turn to watch her whenever she moved around, like customers, fellow employees. And of course, Patricia was pissed. She was like, why is this hot lady working in cosmetics now? I'm supposed to be the only hot lady in cosmetics. So she goes up to a friend and is like, who's that girl? Why'd you hire her? Why would you hire someone who looks like that? Why didn't you hire somebody else? Why can't we get Connie back? The girl girl that just left i liked her why'd you fire her then she finds out that janice is his ex-girlfriend and he's like well i i tried i listen patricia i tried to convince her to transfer somewhere else but she has a long history working for walgreens and she insisted to corporate that she wanted to work at this location <sighs> i'm just worried patricia i'm worried okay i think that she's gonna try to do something funny she was so upset when I broke up with her. I told her it's done. It's over. I'm moving on to bigger and better people. You know, you. But um, she was just so mad. I feel like she's here to ruin my career. Please don't get close to her. I feel like she's going to try to get close to you because she probably wants to know some information so she can tell corporate. And if, if she even finds out that we're dating, oh my God, it's going to be so bad because I'm not supposed to date my employees. You get it, right, Patricia? Please just listen to me. Can you only talk to Janice about the work? Like nothing else. I just don't want her to hurt us. Now, 
Janice was much older. She treated Patricia like a trainee the whole time that she's there. She's just like, oh, yeah, do this. Just didn't treat her with the respect that Patricia felt like she deserved being the store manager's girlfriend, you know, secret girlfriend at the time. She was just irked by this. Patricia, on so many different occasions, was so close to just telling her the truth. I'm dating your ex-boyfriend that you're still obsessed with. And he's the store manager. He he ha ha. SMID. Like she was so, she was just right on the edge of that every single day. She just had to work with Janice the whole time. And so one day they're working in cosmetics, stocking the shelves, and Frank's sister comes to visit Frank, right? So she walks through the door and Janice is like, oh, well, there's Mrs. DeLuca. And she's like, oh, you mean Miss DeLuca? Is she married? Miss? Mrs. DeLuca. Mm-hmm. What do you mean? D- that, that's his sister, Miss DeLuca. What? What makes you think that, Patricia? <laughs> That's his wife. I know a lot of people that are like this, and I'm one of these people. I love using my debit card to make purchases, but sometimes I feel like I'm missing out. I'm like, I want to be rewarded for good money habits. I feel like you get rewards with credit cards, but never really much with your debit card. Practically nothing. But not anymore, because Credit Karma has always been there to help you guys make better financial decisions. And now they want to help you even more. So with a Credit Karma money spend account, you can actually be rewarded for your good money habits. You want that instant gratification? I am with you. With Credit Karma money, you can win cash reimbursements for debit purchases. So the way that it works is Credit Karma money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making everyday purchases. When you use that Credit Karma money debit card, you can win daily instant karma purchase reimbursements on items up to $5,000. Just pay with your debit card and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot and your instant karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Credit Karma Money has already given away over $3 million in instant karma to over 50,000 Credit Karma members and counting. So you can open your FDIC insured spend account for free. There is no minimum balance requirement, no overdraft fees, and free withdrawals from a network of over 50 thousand ATMs. Credit Karma money progress starts here. Right now, visit creditkarma.com slash win money to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Go to creditkarma.com slash win money to sign up for free and start winning instant karma. That's creditkarma.com slash win money. Instant karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Inc. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. And so Patricia is sitting there. She's blinking. Okay, she's like 17. She's freaking confused. She's blinking. She's starting to feel sick. And Janice adds, yep, that's the wife of our wonderful manager and the mother of his five children. Did you know he had five kids? Wow. What? He, he doesn't look old enough to have five kids. What is he, like 28? That's what he told her at Corky's, right? What, what is he, like 28? What? You think so? God, he's like 35. <laughs> no, he's not 28. And so Patricia, I mean, her life is just crumbling around her. This is this is the ultimate betrayal. Patricia, this entire time, she had dreams of being this power couple. They were going to get married. They're going to have this nice house in the suburbs, run this Walgreens at the Grove Shopping Center. Are you kidding me? Maybe she'll get promoted to full time. She had all of these thoughts and dreams and fantasies. And now she's finding out that her boyfriend is not 28, but is 36, has a wife and five children. 
This is like the worst case scenario. So later that night, she confronts him in the motel room and she was so angry. She said that she wanted to slap him across the face. But Frank DeLuca is not the type of guy that you slap because he would punch you right back. So she just felt it in her heart. I probably shouldn't slap this guy. So in that motel room, he gives her a Valium to calm her nerves, like a little, you know, pill. Stole it from the pharmacy. And he tells her everything that every married man who's cheating on their wife and their kids and their family says. We got married too fast. We had kids too fast. We were so young when we got married. Now we're in this loveless relationship. I'm just staying for the kids. I just love my kids. I don't love my wife. I'm just here to support them financially. I'm just I'm just like a dutiful husband. I just can't seem to divorce her because she will have nobody. She doesn't even have a job. I'm just being a nice person. I haven't even had sex with her in so long. She's also evil and so mean and all she does is like nag me all the time. You're the true love of my life, Patricia, that I just met a month ago and hired. Not not my wife, uh, the mother of my five children. And of course, she's 17. And I, I know women who are like in their 30s that eat this shit up. And she's like, you're right. It probably is so hard for you to be in a loveless marriage. You're so amazing for sticking it out for your kids. So they have makeup sex. And Patricia, she was just wanted to release that last bit of anger. So as they're laying in this motel bedroom, after they do it, after she realizes he has like this secret double life, she tells him, by the way, when we first started doing it, I was only 15 years old, turning 16. So you're lucky that I love you because I won't tell anyone. And what was his reaction? Just silence and acted like he didn't hear it. He just moved on what so it was her being like yeah you better mean what you said you better Mm. mean that you really love me because i could put you in jail i mean this whole relationship is really alarming just to add even more context frank deluca was pretty much i think there was only a three-year difference between frank colombo patricia's dad and frank deluca frank deluca also had a daughter that was the same age as michael her younger brother Mm -hmm. this is a weird this is a very strange setup Mm-hmm. Now, Patricia immediately, once she finds all of this out, she wants to leave the house. In a few months, she's going to turn 18 years old. All she needs is money. There's so much pressure around the house now. Her parents are constantly on her about this and that. And why are you wearing that? Why are you doing this? She just wants to be free. That's mm-hmm. what most 18-year-olds feel. She wants to drop out of high school, start working full-time at Walgreens, save up money, get her own apartment. This was the path that she was headed on. But then there was a change of plans. So the guy that she had a threesome with, right, where Frank DeLuca was just taking pictures of her, with this man this strange man when she was 16 years old he walks into that walgreens and she's like oh hey like remember that night like we partied hey and he's like oh hey nods at her and walks straight up to janice and they start hugging as if they're just old longtime friends and patricia this shattered her world again because she knew that janice had dated frank deluca but she didn't know that they did everything together too she thought that she was special patricia thought oh we have these parties with extra guys because i'm special our relationship is special he said that he wants me to experience the world because that strengthens our love but he did this with janice too he did this with everyone so my relationship with him and my sex life with him is not special so she starts having a bit of a crisis 
She just wants to get away from everyone. She said that was the feeling. She wants to get away from her house because her dad is nagging her. Her mom is always on her about all these short skirts. Her brother is getting to that age where he's getting a little bit catty and a little bit annoying, you know. And then at school, she hates school, doesn't do well anymore. And all of these kids are too immature for her. This Walgreens, she found out that Frank has a wife and five children. And Janice is always there reminding her that Frank had other people before her. And she just wants to get away from all of this. So she goes to Frank and asks for the master key to the lockers. She forgot her code, needs the master key, needs to open up her employee locker to get her wallet. Mm-hmm. So he gives it to her and she goes by herself. And instead of opening her locker, she opens two of her coworkers' lockers and steals their wallets. Now, this is a really dumb crime. And I think that she probably was doing this as like attention seeking in terms of uh, not attention seeking. I feel like that's always has a bad connotation, but in the sense of she was crying out for help. Because this locker room has security cameras. So, I mean, these people are going to notice that their wallet is missing. They're going to say, well, I had it when I got here or I had it during lunch. You know, let's check the tapes. So she know damn well that this is going to be found out. Yes. And she immediately goes on a shopping spree for days at a local mall. Would buy lingerie, dresses, wigs, makeup. I mean, used so much of their credit card, wrote personal checks, would even wear these items to the store where her co-workers were working. So like imagine you have credit card fraud. You're going to say, what did they buy at Target? And you're going to see a, a sundress. And you lost your wallet at work. Your co-workers walking in with a new Target sundress. You'd be like, huh, let me just let me just think for a moment. Let me just put two and two together. So I think this is, again, why a lot of people thought that this was a cry for help. Mm-hmm. Because it just seemed even if you're you know about to be 18 years old, you're old enough to know that this is dumb. You're old enough to know you're going to get caught. And eventually she was caught by not only the Walgreens cameras, but also the mall security cameras. They had identified, oh, she's using that credit card. This is the person who purchased all of these things. And it happened to be Patricia Colombo. So, of course, Frank was in trouble for not supervising her with her master key usage. And she was fired. Not only was she fired, but Patricia was arrested. Now, the Colombo family, they were pissed. But they they had this they had this drive that kicked in where they were so pissed off at her, but they were more pissed off that something was happening to their little princess. They just wanted to protect her. So they bail her out immediately. They start paying off all of the thousands of dollars that she spent. And they start calling the two co-workers. Please drop your charges. Please, please, please. And both of them refused. They said, we won't unless you promise to get Patricia some help. This is a cry for help, we think. I mean, she's she's something's wrong with your daughter. She's a liar. Like, we've been working with her and something's seriously wrong with her. One time she walked in and she was wearing these overalls. And I told her, that's that's beautiful, Patricia. Like, you're usually wearing like the shorter skirts. But wow, you look you look so much younger. You look so fresh. You look so good today. I love your overalls. Patricia said, oh, I made it myself. What? You did? Yeah, I sewed everything together. I designed it. I made it myself. Thank you. So they're like, wow, if you made it yourself, I mean, you could be a fashion designer, right? Mm -hmm. So they later see her overalls hanging in the locker room and they look at it because they're like, I mean, how does how does a young kid like her, you know, working at Walgreens, going to school, sew something like this? And it was just from a generic department store. So they're like, that's such a bizarre lie. So they tell the parents Listen, Mr. and Mrs. Colombo, you need to get help for your daughter. She's a little bit bizarre. Something's seriously wrong with her. And they just denied it. They said, we're not getting her. You mean like a shrink, like a head doctor is what they called it? No way. We're not doing that. 
And so Patty gets out on bail. She's at home and she doesn't know what to do with herself. Obviously, her parents are watching her every single move. She got fired from Walgreens. She can't even save up enough money to move out. And that is when Frank DeLuca comes in, knight in shining armor. I've got the solution for you, babe. And he says, why don't you stay with me in my house with my wife and my five kids? Really? I told my wife everything. So Frank DeLuca, his wife knew about the affair. And the way that she felt was, we have five kids. We're married. He's gonna, he's just going through a phase. She felt like he, he's just going to have some affairs. And then he's going to get sick of these girls. And then he's going to realize that the most important thing in his life is the kids. It's me. It's the kids. It's our family. And he's going to come around. I just, I just need to let him live that life real quick. Because it's wow. it's not worth leaving him. It's not worth losing the house. You know, she was a stay-at-home mom of five children. It's not worth losing the house. It's not worth fighting. I just need to let him live that life for a brief couple of maybe years. Just need to just need to be on standby. So the wife decides, okay, fine. Patricia, your mistress can move in on a couple of conditions. When you're going to be around the house more, you guys can't sneak off to motels or anything. You guys can't do it anywhere inside the house. I don't care if you go in the car and go park in the woods. You are not allowed to do it inside of our family home, with the kids home, with me home. I don't care if we're not home, not in the family house. And we're going to tell all of our neighbors, we're going to tell all of our friends that she's just this troubled teen and we're taking her in because we're, we're such good parents. She was a former employee and she's just going through a lot. Her parents are evil. That's what we're going to tell our neighbors. So Frank had it down. Frank tells Patricia all of this and she's like, okay, sounds good. She packs up all of her bags and she moves in with the DeLuca family. Now, when she meets Mrs. DeLuca, she says that the whole vibe was she didn't treat her badly. She also didn't treat her kindly, just very passive, almost, you know, with the attitude of this too shall pass. Like, you're not going to be around long. I'm not going to get to know you. Like that type of vibe was, you know, what she was getting. The, the kids were either confused. Why is daddy's coworker living here? Some of the older ones felt a lot of animosity towards Patricia because maybe they they were catching on or maybe they felt like oh my mom looks uncomfortable so mm -hmm. this is this is a threat to our family unit what the fork is going on imagine those poor kids what the heck and they're similar age yeah which makes so, it even more bizarre exactly and so i mean frank deluca's entire life might i add he thought that he was god's gift to all women to womankind what a mentality to have you know yeah you know how like some people are like, well, who's your idol? A lot of girls are like, maybe it's Michelle Obama. Maybe it's this person, right? No, Frank DeLuca was convinced it was him to just all women around the world. God's gift to womanhood oh was him. Thought he was the best thing that ever happened to women because of how good at sex he was. And he was obsessed with sex in a way that made all women around his life other than the ones that he dated incredibly uncomfortable and incredibly grossed out everything was like a strange innuendo to sex now i make a lot of sex jokes you know because i'm five i'm immature but he would do it in settings that are professional he would do it with not his close friends like it's just bizarre he was that type of guy so she starts moving in and she thought okay now now patricia starts seeing that the appeal of frank deluca is wearing off because outside the house at walgreens he's the boss mm -hmm. you know he's got his own car wow what the heck he's this man but inside the house he's just kind of lazy and it shows 
Mm-hmm. He just lays around. He's not that good of a dad. His house is messy. Anywhere he goes, it's messy. He's not that good of a husband. And Patricia's just like, wow, do I even really like this guy? So eventually she goes back to her parents and she says, please, can I move out of the DeLucas? And her parents were so thrilled. They were like, yes, of course. Are you kidding me? We thought it was so bizarre that you were living there. What do you need? Do you want to move back home? And she says, no, dad, I still want to be a grown adult. I'm 18 now. I want to be, I want to have my own apartment. Can you just help me get it set up? Can you just pay for my rent and I can get a job and I can pay for my utilities and pay for my food, please. So the parents, they thought anything anything to get her out of the deluca so they get her an apartment now it seems like the parents had an idea that they were dating but it wasn't full-on yet they just thought it was strange they Mm -hmm. didn't know that they were seeing each other especially because the wife and kids were there they thought there's no way right there's no way if you would bring your mistress into your house right so that was kind of like the inkling now everyone was happy about this move mrs deluca the kids you know mr and mrs colombo even patricia but frank was so upset he said what do you mean you're moving out and he told her the last words you know what patricia you're gonna find out that it's not easy in the world okay what do you get what are you gonna do if you get in trouble and i'm just not there what are you gonna do so she moves into her apartment she had this brief period where she was dating a guy in med school wonderful guy actually like a really nice guy he had a great future introduced him to her parents her parents loved him his name was andrew that he was like just amazing this is the guy that she should be marrying this is the guy that she should be spending her time with he's gonna be he's gonna be a pediatrician they like loved him but then she gets a knock on the apartment door and it's frank deluca Mm-hmm. She opens it up and she's like, come on, Patricia, you're mature. You're not going to hide from your ex-boyfriend. You're going to say no straight to his face. She says, I've moved on. He says, but I left my wife and kids. I'm filing for divorce because you're the love of my life. Please let me stay here. And she does. And Frank DeLuca has now officially moved in with Patricia. <sighs> And Patricia was ecstatic because she was like, maybe we are soulmates after all. I never thought that he was going to leave his wife and kids for me, but he is. And Frank DeLuca was ecstatic and he would constantly tell Patricia, it's so nice here. After work, I was so sick and tired of going home with all. It's like a zoo in that house with five kids. This is a dad saying this. He's like, it's a zoo in that house with all those kids. So finally, Patricia, now with her renowned sense of adulthood, she decides I'm going to be an adult and I'm going to introduce you to my parents just straight up. I'm going to tell them the truth. We're going to sit down. We're going to have this nice little lunch. Now that you're getting divorced, they're going to be ecstatic to meet you. So, of course, they meet and the parents are beyond pissed. I mean, he's practically the same age as Mr. Columbo. She would have five stepchildren. A few of them are the same age as even her own younger brother. She would never have things of her own. I mean, they're not even thinking of it as just age. But if he has this job, he's making this much money. He has five kids and a wife that he's paying alimony for. You're not going to have your own house. You're never going to have your own car. You're just going to be supporting these kids that aren't even yours for the rest of your life. You're probably not even going to have your own kids. Patricia, this is crazy. And she says, well, here's where it gets even crazier, mom and dad. We're getting married next year. We're planning for a June wedding. I will be 20 years old and he will be 38. And the Columbos kicked them out. They were like, I can't even talk to you. I don't even know what's wrong with our daughter. She was a perfect angel. What happened? 
So meanwhile, at the apartment, the sex life between the couple is getting more intense. More strange men, more pictures. If she didn't want to do it, he would give her a Valium that he would sneak from work. Eventually, they got a German shepherd by the name of Duke. And um, she did not have sex with this dog compared to his ex-girlfriend that also worked at Walgreens. There was sex acts performed, but he did... She did get naked and take a bunch of pictures that looked like he was on top of her. This German shepherd was on top of her. And it was just a lot. So this is happening for weeks. And afterwards, you know, Mr. Colombo's coming around. He's thinking, I got to do something about this relationship. I can't keep paying rent for that apartment. And he's just living there. There's a full grown man my age is living there having sex with my daughter. Like this is I can't do this anymore. So Mr. Colombo calls up Frank and is like, I'm going to meet you after work. Are you closing today? He's like, yeah, I'm closing today. Well, I'll meet you at the Walgreens parking lot. So Frank, I mean, he's super nervous. He's like, please, Patricia, you got to be there. I don't want to meet your dad alone again, right? So Patricia shows up after work. Everyone, all the other employees leave, and they're waiting in this empty parking lot for Mr. Colombo to show up. So he skirts, skirts into the parking lot. Like, he's drifting. He's pissed. You can tell Mr. Colombo's pissed by the way that he's driving, right? He gets out of the car, and Patricia is like, finally, Dad, you've come around. Let's talk about it. But when Mr. Colombo gets out, they realized he had a rifle in his hand. And the couple was shook. So with the butt of the rifle, Mr. Colombo starts bashing in Frank's head. And he said, I will fucking kill you. Get away from my daughter or you're fucking dead. And he throws the rifle back into his car. And he says, I'll kill you too, Patty Ann. I'm serious. And he zooms out of that parking lot. So, of course, Patty rushes him to the hospital, calls the police and the police, you know, they take the rundown of the story and they ask Patricia, do you want to find do you want to like sign an official complaint? Because you do understand what that means, right? We're going to arrest your father. And she says, good, arrest him, throw his ass in jail. That's what he deserves. So the police, they go to the Colombo house and they arrest Frank Colombo. Now this, I don't know. Okay. I mean, yes, that was full on assault, right? But I'm just saying, once you have a family member arrested, I'm not saying it's the wrong choice, but you're pretty much done for. Like, I don't know how you can reconcile after that. That like splits a whole family apart. Mm -hmm. So everyone was beyond shocked. And this time, Frank Colombo, who always treated Patricia like his little princess, the light of his life, told everyone that he's taking her out of his will. I mean, this was the ultimate betrayal. He told all of his family friends, she had me arrested like a common criminal. My own daughter threw me in jail. He was mad. And Patty was mad. Patricia was mad. She starts shopping for Hitman. What? She thought, my dad's... Well, this is her excuse, is that, well, my dad's actually going to kill us. You heard him. He told us, I'm going to fucking kill you. And he did, you know, assault Frank. Maybe it's true. I mean, my dad's Italian. I always knew that he had a short temper. Maybe he has Italian connections to the Italian mafia here in Chicago. So she is still crazy in love with Frank. Yeah. And so she starts shopping for Hitman and she meets these two sleazy guys by the name of Lanny and Roman. Now, Lanny was a used car salesman, but he told everyone that he was a disgraced cop every single time that he got because it was better for him in his eyes to be a disgraced, nasty, bad cop than it was to be a used car salesman. Mm-hmm. So you tell people I'm only doing this because I got suspended from being a police officer because, you know, I was I was making money from these robberies and 
And it's like, what? <laughs> That's literally the worst thing ever. I don't know. What, what are you talking about? Roman, he was also sleazy. He constantly carried a gun on him, not because he had a lot of enemies, not because he was in like the Italian mafia, but because he wanted to impress young girls who thought like, whoa, you have a gun? That's crazy. You're so badass. And it worked. They with all Patty. try to look like they have street creds or something. Yeah, but they don't really. Yeah. And it worked with Patricia. And so she asked them, well, how much for a hit? Can you kill my parents? And they said, well, what do you have to offer? So she kept telling them, I, I can pay you afterwards, after the hit, because uh, I'm going to have custody over Michael. I know that I'm out of the will, but I'm going to have custody over my brother because I'm over 18. I'm 19 now, and I'm going to handle the estate. I know that um, we've got a bunch of money. I, I, I can pay you guys. How much do you want? We want $10,000 each. So $20,000 for both your parents. Okay, yeah, let's do it. But they're like, but you need to give us something before we do it. Good faith. You can't just tell us you're going to give us all the money afterwards. What if you don't? What are mm -hmm. we going to do? Go tell the cops? Well, I, I don't have any money. I really don't. Okay, but you have something else. And so, of course, these two men, they were never planning on killing her parents. Oh they wanted God. to sleep with 19-year-old Patricia. So for the next months... Beck and call anytime they called she would go and she was forced to sleep with them and and maybe not forced because she thought that in return her parents would be dead so maybe that's even nastier so the hit on the family patty patricia had offered lanny and roman ten thousand dollars per parent so twenty thousand dollars paid with her insurance after the job was done she wanted it to be done around christmas time as a present to herself this is my Christmas present to myself, my parents being dead. She gave them a diagram of her house, the layout of the floor plan, her dad's routine, her family's routine written on a piece of paper. She also wrote a list of things that they can take from the house because they want to make it look like a robbery, right? So take this, take that, but leave the diamonds because I'm going to inherit them. Leave my mom's jewelry because I'm going to inherit them. Patricia knew that her parents had about a quarter million dollars in the bank, um, about half a million dollars in life insurance, and there was possibly around another $200,000 in the safe in cash at home. Jeez. So she could easily spend $20,000, right? So uh -huh. she's like, it's going to be great. Now, can you guys please do it before Christmas? And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Christmas comes and leaves. Nothing happens. So she's like, what are you guys doing? Come on. I mean, the guys were using her for sex and Patricia was starting to catch on. So she confronts them. And she's like, you guys need to do it now or I'm finding someone else. And they don't want the sex to stop. So they tell her, no, 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 no. We're working on it. But it's just, it's complicated, okay? It's your brother. Having a witness in the house is just complicated. It makes it hard. How are we going to go in there and kill both your parents? But what if he sees us? He's like, what, 11 years old? He's going to remember our faces. He's going to remember details. And Patricia looks at them and says, okay, then just kill him too. Just kill him too. Just that easily. You're probably right anyway. He's going to get older and he's probably going to sense that I had something to do with it and rat me out. It's just, it's better to get it all over with at once. Kill my brother too. So they're like, what? Okay. So months still go by and nothing happens. And Patricia and Frank start talking to themselves and they say, if they're not going to do it, we might have to do it ourselves. If they're not going to do it, we might have to do it ourselves. So months pass and the assistant manager of Walgreens comes in 
for his shift and he's the opening shift. He's the only one opening. So he should be unlocking the doors, turning on the lights, turning on the music, you know, setting up the cashier registers. And he comes in, but the music's already on. The lights are on. He's like, that's weird. I'm the only one on schedule to open. What's going on? He mm -hmm. goes into the back to see if there's another employee or maybe they didn't close correctly the night before. But he sees that Frank, the store manager, is turning on the store's incinerator and he's burning something. There's a big fire in the incinerator. Mm -hmm. And he's like, oh, Frank, you're not even scheduled. What's going on? And Frank tells him, hey, remember when I was telling you that my girlfriend's you know, dad was trying to kill me in the parking lot? Well, it went down last night. What went down last night? I took down the whole family. What? What? Yeah, I'm burning my clothes. It was a fucking bloody mess, I'm telling you. Why is he telling him? Because he just loves bragging. He can't help himself. And so the assistant manager was like, okay, well, maybe Frank's just bragging, you know, because he's, he's like that. He's a bragger. He likes to over-dramatize things to make himself feel like a man. He, he probably didn't do anything, and he's a nervous wreck, and this assistant manager, he needed this job. He needed this job. So he's like, what do you mean? He's like, you see these cuts on my hands? Oh, dude, I got, I got him good. I got it when I had, to, I had to smash the lamp over the old man's head. Yeah, I shot him, but he was still up. So I smashed this lamp on his head because he tried to fight. So the assistant manager was terrified. He tried to stay out of it. He just nodded, went back to work. The next day he arrives and Frank is like, nobody's found the bodies yet. Isn't that weird? He's like, <laughs> yeah, anyway, I'm going to be working uh, in the back room today. So he's again avoiding him. The next day, Frank is still complaining. Hey, you don't think it's weird that they haven't found the bodies yet? He's like, it's been, it's, wait, I did that Tuesday night. It's now Thursday. Nobody's found the bodies. I mean, Michael, the kid has been missing from school for like days. Nobody's, none of this makes sense. You don't think that they, you don't think it's weird? The assistant manager's like, I don't, I don't think so. So he doesn't believe it fully right now. I mean, he kind of does. He's thinking, if I do believe it, this guy's probably going to kill me. You know, if he did kill this whole family, what's stopping him from killing me if I say something? And if it didn't happen, what a weird boss that I have, right? I just don't want to get involved. I just want to do my job. I'm here to clock in, clock out, bro. And so he does not go to the police. Now, Frank does tell Janice about it as well. And she mentions that it seemed like he was high on emotions, almost ecstatic, almost like he's bragging. And he tells her, I killed them. I killed the whole family. And she wanted to call the cops, but he tells her, if you tell the cops, if you tell anyone, I will beat you up to the point where nobody will recognize you. But on top of that, I'm going to get a bunch of guys to come and gang rape your daughter. So finally, Friday, May 7th, the Chicago police come to the Columbo house to investigate a lost car. They found um, the Columbo Thunderbird car was parked in the city. The front window was broken. It seemed like uh, it was a carjacking. There was a lot of things inside the car that seemed to be stolen. The entire ignition system of the car was stolen. And there was obviously some crime, but no car had been reported missing which is strange. So they just wanted to let the family know, hey, your car is missing. Did you notice? And it's also downtown and things have been stolen, such as the entire ignition system. So when the police get to the house, they immediately knew that something was wrong. There was a ton of mail sticking out of the mailbox. There were three daily issues of the newspaper on the porch. The front door was open a little bit. 
And from that front door being ajar, you could hear there was this tiny little dog whining from the inside, just nonstop barking and barking. So they call for backup and they decide we got to storm the house. Front door is unlocked. They start going in. They start clearing room to room. They start heading up the stairs. And when they look past the railing into the living room, they see the body of a man lying on his back, covered in blood. And he had obviously been decomposing for a couple of days. That was Frank Colombo. There were broken shards of glass all over his body. There were four human teeth on the carpet because someone had a four, um, had inflicted that much blunt force trauma for his teeth to fall out. Oh my God. They reach upstairs and Mary Colombo was laying on her back. Her nightgown was around her waist and her panties were at her knees. Her throat had been slit. She had a hole between her eyes like she had been shut right in between her eyebrows. And both the Colombo's parents... Their heads were bashed in. Blunt force trauma with a block, block-shaped block instrument, which they later identified to be a bowling trophy. So immediately, the police noticed that Mary had a large diamond ring on her finger, and they thought that this was strange. Just strange. That's the first thing that they noticed. Now, the rest of the house, blood is smeared all over the walls. There was a safe downstairs, a giant wall safe, but it wasn't tampered with. Nobody even attempted to open it, which is, again, bizarre, especially because it wasn't hidden. It's not like a fake, you know, painting that you open up and then, oh, a safe. It's just right there. Even they could find it so quick. That doesn't make any sense. In the very last room that they check, they find the body of 13-year-old Michael Colombo. He had been shot, stabbed over 80 times with small Jeez. scissors. And next to him was the bowling trophy that was used on the Colombo family to inflict blunt force trauma. So this is overall a strange situation that they walk into. I mean, they don't know the whole story that I just told you. They're just walking into a nice upper middle class area. Was this a gang related home invasion? And they also thought because, of course, they're Italian, just like when a. Uh, we talked about this a lot. Just like when a Chinese something happens to Chinese parents and they own a Chinese restaurant, the first thing is it must have been some something Chinese mafia. They must have a whole operation behind in the kitchen of that Chinese restaurant. <laughs> and so with the Columbos, they're like, well, that's an Italian name. It must be the Italian mafia related because there is a lot of Italian mafia presence in Chicago at the time. So it must be. Why didn't they take more valuables, though? That doesn't make sense. They open up the safe. There's close to $350,000 in cash in the safe. None of that makes sense either. I mean, but why would the home invasion get so deadly? Was it personal? What's the rest of the community going to do? So the police decide on a theory. It must be drugs. Home invaders came into this house. They wanted money. Then they start getting high on drugs during the middle of this home invasion. They're torturing Frank. You know, Frank had a lot more injuries. They're torturing him probably to get that safe code, but he won't give it to them. So they just kill the rest of the family. The time of death was placed between 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. May 4th to May 5th. And that was that. The community was like, huh, makes sense. Maybe it is mafia related. Maybe it is a deadly home invasion. And they do the autopsies. Frank Colombo had been shot four times. He was missing teeth. He had blunt force trauma to the head. The cause of death was one or more bullets to the head. Mary Colombo was shot in the head. Lacerations all around. She had incisions around her neck. Her eyes were wide open and her pupils were dilated. That means the conclusion is that she saw death coming. She died with her eyes open. 
Her underwear had been pulled down, but there was no evidence of sexual assault. The possible theory is that she was using the bathroom in the middle of the night to pee, heard a commotion, the murder of her husband, rushed out and um, was shot. The autopsy of 13-year-old Michael, he was stabbed 84 times. Eight of the times were incredibly deep. The rest of the 76 stabs were more like slices. She, he had no defensive wounds, so it seemed that he was probably shot first and then stabbed after he had passed. What does that mean? Usually that's like very passionate. You just want to get revenge or you're trying to stage it in an odd way. Mm. So the police, they noticed a couple odd things. The first being that Patricia demanded that all of her family be cremated. But after all of the interviews that the police had done, they knew that this family was Catholic. Uh, Frank Colombo was incredibly Catholic, you know. None of that made sense. Catholics usually don't want to be cremated. They want to be buried. And the rest of the family friends, they were like, what? The Columbus would never be okay with being cremated. But Patricia, she was the only one left. Now, the funeral for the family was all about Patricia for all of the attendees because she is the only one that survived. She's the victim. She also lost all of her family members. But to the police, she's a little bit funny. She's a little bit of an actress. So not in the way that you would think. You know, you're thinking actress. She's overdoing it. She's stumbling out of the car. Maybe she's just doing the most. But no, she would be straight up giggling, smoking cigarettes right outside the church, put out her cigarette, walk inside. And it's like immediately upon walking through the door, a completely new person just bawling her eyes out. She's throwing herself onto these caskets, just doing the most. So the cops are seeing all of this. Yes. And she actually the whole time when she wasn't sobbing, she was flirting with one of the police officers. In front of her boyfriend, Frank DeLuca. It was so bad that a lot of family members thought that the police officer was her boyfriend, Frank. What? Because they're like, oh, uh, you know, Patricia, I heard you're dating an older guy. Oh, nice to meet you, Frank. And he's like, oh, I'm a police officer. (laughs) That's Frank. That's odd. So they asked Patricia, well, let's let's go through that day again. Where were you? You know, you have an alibi. You were at home with Frank. We get it. But how did you find out? about your family being dead. And she said, well, I was home and Frank told me that he had heard from a friend who works at the police department that my entire family had been massacred. Okay, so what did you do? I mean, what is your first thought to do, right? I'd probably go to my family's house. I'd be like, I don't freaking believe you, right? And if Mm -hmm. it happened, I need to see it. I need to go to my, I just, I think that I would just have to go, right? Mm -hmm. But she didn't. She didn't run to the police either to confirm. She didn't call the police. She just stayed at home till later that night and then walked into a police station with Frank. I would like to say, other than summertime, there is no greater feeling than going out to a Trader Joe's and someone's like, hey, I like your dress. I'm like, what? This is, oh my gosh, <laughs> you just made my day. I mean, it's such a good feeling. And I have been getting so many compliments recently. Everywhere I go, I've been obsessed with sundresses. I've been obsessed with sun hats because I'm feeling that summertime vibe. And the secret to my closet right now is thread up because they have so many popular brands at low, low prices. You guys know that I'm always like making videos for YouTube. I want to wear something different. And thread up is an online thrift and consignment store with access to over 35,000 
thousand brands, all up to 90% off of estimated retail value, which is insane. Not only are you saving money, but thrifting just one item instead of new saves on average 77 gallons of water and 17 pounds of carbon emissions. Can you believe it? I mean, that's insane. You're saving the planet and you're looking cute while you do it. That's like the ultimate combo. And I think the coolest part about ThreadUp is that it, it just makes thrifting easy and convenient because you can actually sort with your budget, with your style, with your size. So you find the best deals instantly. And I'm talking about amazing deals. Nike for $6, J. Crew for $9. They've got women's clothes, kids clothes, handbags, shoes, and more. It's never boring over there. They have new arrivals every single minute. And there's always something new to discover. They have items that are in high quality condition. I've actually gotten a lot of clothes, like I mentioned, even with their tags still on, delivered straight to my door for crazy prices. They also have an easy return policy. So it also makes thrifting completely worry-free. So come on, get the styles that you love at a fraction of the price. You'll look and feel good with ThreadUp. And for Rotten Mango listeners, here's an exclusive offer just for you. Get an extra 30% off of your first order at threadup.com slash rotten. That's T-H-R-E-D-U-P dot com slash rotten for 30% off of your first order. Threadup.com slash rotten for an extra 30% off today. Terms apply. What makes it even stranger is all these anonymous calls started coming into the police station. One of them was by a woman and she said, well, I introduced Patricia. We knew each other from high school. I introduced her to a man by the name of Lanny and uh, he was telling me that he was going to he was going to kill the family. I don't know if he did, but his name is Lanny and he said that he was hired as a hitman for the Columbo. Oh, my God. So they bring in Lanny. Lanny brings in Roman. They even show all the diagrams. And Lanny and Roman, they're like, listen, she gave us all this information. I swear to God, I didn't do it. The only thing that I was trying to do was get sex from Patricia. That's it. That's it. I swear. So they look at these sheets of paper. I mean, she had written down their routines, their diagrams of the layout of the house, everything. So they get a search warrant. They search Patricia's place. And (laughs) she had an open notebook on her living room table that had the same exact sheets of paper obtained that had all of the drawings. It matched her handwriting by handwriting experts. But they also found a ton of super X-rated Polaroids of Patricia Newt, of Patricia performing fellatio on strange men, even suggestive poses with Patricia completely naked with their German shepherd, Duke. Also, other Polaroids of Janice from Walgreens, of her receiving oral sex from a dog yeah really intense stuff so they find just bizarre bizarre things so the couple was arrested 10 days after finding the bodies of the colombo family and frank the whole time during his entire interview every single opportunity that he had to refer to mr and mrs colombo he called them mom and dad Mom and dad were a little bit upset when we first started dating because I'm a little bit older, but mom and dad were coming around to it. Mom and dad were going to come to the wedding. Mom and dad were, we're, getting, we're getting comfortable with us again. Why is he doing that? To make it seem like, why would I have a motive to kill them? Oh. Mom and dad were starting to approve of our relationship. Just, I hate that so much. And of course, both the couple, they deny anything to do with this. Patricia even says that she only drew those for the hitman Lanny because he had a gun to her head and he wanted to rape Patricia's mom, Mary. Lanny was like, your mom is pretty. I want to rape her and I want to rob you guys. But the theory was discounted by a handwriting expert because usually you can tell when someone was writing in distress. 
And so they were like, that doesn't make sense. They also found handprints in the Thunderbird abandoned car that Uh was left behind. And it was Frank's handprints. Even his fingers were missing on his left hand in the handprint. So it was just kind of like, um, it's really hard for you to deny this. The the trial was going to start and it was going to be an absolute shit show because so many pictures were entered into evidence. And they were not going to work for Patricia. A ton of them were her nude Polaroids that were shown to the jury. She was definitely painted out by the prosecutors to just be a slut, honestly. Like, that's how they framed it. I don't know why they couldn't have just mentioned the Polaroids. I don't know why they showed it to the jury. I'm not on her side at all. I think that she's super guilty. But I do think that it sways the opinion. She's just seen as this very, you know, willing to do anything, doesn't care about anyone, has no morals. I mean, she's posing like that with a dog. Come on. I just don't know why they had to show it to the jury. Now, the couple was tried together. So it was going to be one massive trial. And the main star of the show was a man by the name of Clifford Lee Childs. You're like, I've never heard of this guy. Well, let me tell you, he was a jailhouse friend of Frank's while Frank was waiting for his trial to start. And this Clifford guy, he was in jail for multiple different robberies and he was bailed out by Frank's wife. His bond was paid by Frank. He had been given drawings of Janice's house and where the assistant manager of Walgreens lived. And Frank had told them, I will bail you out and I will pay you more money if you kill the star witnesses. Because Janice and the assistant manager were the star witnesses. They had witnessed him burning his clothes. They had witnessed him literally saying straight up, I killed the family. So he got bailed out and then he turned around. He's like, he got bailed out, but he didn't tell the cops. He just uh, hung out with his family. Oh, yeah. He was just like, okay, bye. So he didn't turn around yet. Yeah. He just hung out with his family. It was another cellmate who had overheard these conversations, decided to tell the cops. Mm. trying to get something he was like yeah that guy is out of jail i didn't think it was gonna happen but he's you know been out on bail now Mm -hmm. and apparently clifford lee childs when he was testifying frank had told him in prison what had really happened so frank deluca had set up a meeting with patty's parents and that they were all gonna make up they were gonna come to a conclusion because you know the wedding's gonna happen in june whether they like it or not the plan was to meet at 8 p.m but instead frank shows up late at 10 p.m he wanted to catch them off guard frank colombo opens the door turns around to go up the stairs and that is when frank deluca shoots mr colombo in the back of the head now there was some fighting immediately you know mr colombo was not going to go down without a fight and so he shoots him a couple more times and breaks a lamp on top of his head so then he goes upstairs to take care of mary And she had heard the commotion, rushed out of the bathroom. Her panties were around her knees. She was in her nightgown and shoots her right in the forehead in between the eyebrows. Then goes into Michael's room. By the way, Patricia's here. In the house? She's witnessing all of this. Forces Michael, her 13-year-old brother, to stand up, shoots him in the head. And then they grab a bowling trophy and go around from family member to family member, inflicting blunt force trauma. And finally, in Michael's room, they stab him 80 times. It's suspected that it was Patricia doing the stabbing because it was a pair of gold sewing scissors. And all of the wounds were, like I said, most of them were superficial. When you're talking about Frank DeLuca, I mean, he's not a macho guy, but he was a football player. He did skydive. It just would it would go out of his way to do it even lighter. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. It just seemed like the doing of someone who was physically a little bit weaker. 
Then they got a couple of different valuables that Patricia didn't care for, such as like this fancy radio, some fur coats, drove the Thunderbird, the family car, into um, the not so great area of Chicago, left the murder weapon, left a radio fur all in plain view, parked it there and just left because Frank DeLuca told everyone in jail that some N words were going to break into the car, jack the murder weapon, jack all the other stuff. And eventually, they would be linked to the murder. And these N-words would go down for the robbery and the murder of the Colombo family. So pretty much all that's left is it was his perfect plan. Except you're dealing with Frank DeLuca. Frank DeLuca had to brag about it because it was the perfect plan. Because he thought about something so genius. Because he's so smart. He's going to get away with murder. He had to talk about it. So that's how the trial's going. In the middle of trial, Patricia turned 21 years old and she shared a cake with some court employees and her attorneys in the courthouse. It was white icing and inside was devil's food cake. And everyone in the courthouse mentioned that it seemed it seemed appropriate. So What's the jury, devil's food cake? Devil's food cake is like a type of chocolate cake. It's really mm. good. But they were like, how ironic. <laughs> it uh. couldn't be like double chocolate or like German chocolate cake. It had to be devil's food cake. What? Mm. So they were all sentenced. The jury comes back. They find them guilty on all the counts. Come on. That was like a no brainer, right? The judge sentences the couple to 200 to 300 years on all three murders. For solicitation to commit murder, Patty was sentenced to an extra 20 to 50 years. Frank, an extra 10 to 50 years to run concurrently they will actually become eligible for parole they've had multiple parole hearings and in 2014 finally frank had admitted some of the guilt so this whole time both of them are like we weren't in there we don't know what you're talking about but uh frank in 2014 said i should never be released because what i did was horrendous so after the trial patricia she states that the only thing that the court can't take away from her is that my father and my mother and my baby brother know that it wasn't us in that house that night or that morning or whatever it was and that's all that matters the judge states that if he could put patricia in the electric chair he would because she is a vicious cunning coy mean disruptive person who had this high regard for herself a high opinion of herself and her sexual ability and her charm like she genuinely thought that flirting with some prosecutors and some police officers would get her off the hook for triple murder. If Frank DeLuca is not paroled, which I highly doubt he will be, the earliest possible release for him will be in uh, 2116. <laughs> Patricia as well has been denied parole multiple times. Her earliest possible release also is 2116. She's been a little bit more active in jail, though. She got her degree. She helps other female inmates. But for the most popular thing that she's done in jail is um, she was accused of organizing sex parties for high-ranking prison officials. So what they accuse her of doing is that she would gather and convince attractive female inmates to have sex parties with high-ranking guards. Did it happen? Well, that's where it gets tricky. At least six female inmates came forward to say that they were forced into performing sexual acts by two prison officials or performing sexual acts with each other while prison officials watched... And they said that they were all procured by Patricia Colombo, that she was the one arranging it. She was the one, you know, arranging the time, the dates, which women would go, which inmates would go. A lot of them even passed lie detector tests. But Patricia claims that she had no doing in this. She was approached, denied the offer. She did not set anything up. 
That's what she said. But it was such a big scandal that multiple officials were suspended or stepped down. And even the warden, the warden of this prison resigned. Wow. I believe her doing this. Sounds very much like her. And then just lie about it. it yeah. Sounds- Sounds like about Patricia Colombo. Um, she also refused to see a psychiatrist in prison because they are all working for the Department of Corrections. And she says that nothing I say is confidential. It's all on the record. Plus, it's male dominated. And she said, and I quote, one thing I do not need is another man trying to help me solve my problems. It's like hmm. very strange. I do get that. It's I, I would want a female psychiatrist in these female prisons, especially when did you know a lot of the female prisoners have been sexually abused? So it's like, yeah, maybe we should hire more female psychiatrists for these prisons. But um, the only people that she would really talk to was a couple of nuns who came to see her. So Sister Burke, she had been working in a nonprofit for over 40 years trying to rehabilitate prisoners. And that is where Patricia came forward about the sexual abuse that she had endured at the hands of Uncle Gus was to Sister Burke. Now, she never really used any of this in her parole hearing. So I don't necessarily know if she had confessed to this now trying to get parole or if it is something I do know that it's common for people to repress these feelings and then realize what's happened when they're in like their 30s. So maybe it's that. Mm -hmm. And the only other person was for the author of the book that I read that is part of the source notes. It's called like Love's Blood. It's a 600 page book that's really good it's good but if you're gonna read it take it with a grain of salt because it does seem like the author has some sort of love for patricia colombo it is speculated that during these meetings that maybe he possibly even fell in love with patricia colombo because it is done in a way where you feel a lot of sympathy towards patricia and a lot more than you should, because there is sympathy for the fact that Frank DeLuca was double her age and she was groomed. She mm-hmm. was underage. She mm-hmm. was abused by him. Yeah. Now, the book does say family murders are interesting. You know, child murders, despicable. Nobody likes that. But serial killings are almost seen as like statistical. It's like a numbers game. You know, you can kind of ration it like that. Robberies, home invasions. Maybe you're thinking, don't piss anyone off. Maybe people tell you, don't flaunt your wealth. Maybe no one will rob you and murder you by accident. But your own family. I just feel like there's something about it. What's what's the rationale there to try to not get scared? She wanted to be there to watch her family get killed because it was a present for herself. She wanted her entire family murdered for a man that wanted her to fork a dog and that is the story of patricia colombo and frank deluca what are your thoughts on this one this one was a bizarre yeah. bizarre imagine walking into that walgreens and these are the employees there we would never know we would never know let me know your thoughts and i hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode and i will be back on sunday with a mini sode let me know your thoughts bye